0: The year is 2022 and the streaming crisis has begun. Too many services to choose just one. Two Brave Souls have stepped to the forefront to bring you recaps of horror movies from the old times. Step into our theater for some audience favorites, some B-horror recaps, and maybe even some movies you never even knew existed. This is the Beauty and Beast Podcast.
1: to the Beauty and the Geese podcast, where we watch movies so that you don't have to. We are uh, knee-deep in the Hellraiser series, also knee-deep in the uh, holiday season.
0: <laughs> Absolutely.
1: They uh, they go together, like turkeys and cranberry sauce, which I never really felt go together. but
0: uh, uh, Like milk and cranberry sauce. Yeah.
1: We are on to uh, Hellraiser... Hellseeker, Seeker, which I think is part six.
0: You are correct. It is part six. Came out in two thousand two. We are also on episode forty-four, which somehow I know we got lost. There, there's definitely been some uh, doubly episode, double numbered episodes and everything on there because we haven't missed a week yet, and we have uh, essentially five weeks left of of this season. So we're a couple episodes behind here. And, uh, yeah, yeah, our numbering our numbering scheme did not work out the best. <laughs> <laughs> i should I, sh- I should say I didn't number them in the best ways possible, but <laughs> uh, it doesn't matter. We don't show it it does show a give me an option to add an episode number, but the title is definitely more important so you don't get mixed up and listen to us multiple times because I mean, most people don't even listen to us once.
1: yeah, if yeah, if we get one, I mean that's all we can ask for. Give us one chance. And then if you like us, uh, any good like uh, podcast app will tell you whether you've listened to an episode or not. You don't even need the numbers. Just listen to them all.
0: yep, plenty of back catalog now, more to come in the future. but yeah, that's just uh, I guess just I guess open up the box here for, for Hellseeker.
1: No, don't do it. It's,
0: <laughs> it's a trap.
1: Kill it'll kill you, man. Yeah. All right, Hellseeker. Hellraiser part six. A shady businessman attempts to piece together the details of the car crash that killed his wife, rendered him an amnesiac, and left him in possession of a sinister puzzle box that summons monsters.
0: Is that you last know what not they would, even true? You know, you know what they would call that? What mayhem, indeed, <laughs> <laughs> I told you there was gonna be plenty of mayhem jokes. Because if you didn't know, this is starring Dean Winters, uh, the guy who I don't know, I guess for the last what like 10 years has done those Allstate commercials where he plays the part of mayhem doing various things. So, uh, he was an actor before that, you know, before he started doing commercials, he was in movies and TV shows and uh other than being mayhem he is probably most known as being dennis leary's brother in the fx series that was i guess ended several years ago now rescue me
1: yeah, yeah and he was actually pretty good i mean not not to get too sidetracked into dean winter's history but
0: uh you know you assume
1: i don't know you assume you do commercials because you're a mediocre actor but he was, he was solid in this.
0: He probably makes more money doing the commercials, doing a single commercial now than he ever did for this movie.
1: Yeah, I wonder about that. Like, remember remember when the guy, was it the Geico who did the Cavemen? And they got like their own spinoff show? Yeah. Like, think of how absurd that was. But like, <laughs> I guess if you're going to do a spinoff TV show, Mayhem Guy would be. He's he's one of the he's one of the more memorable characters.
0: He definitely is. Yeah, I mean, and I don't know, what was it Flo from Progressive? She was in a movie with Ben Stiller. Yeah. So uh, I mean,
1: these insurance companies are putting a lot of effort in their commercials. I guess.
0: I mean, they they put Dikembe Mutombo in a commercial.
1: Mm. I mean, I assume advertising works because that's why they do it. But like, I just. I just called an insurance company and said, hey, I need insurance. And that's as much thought as I put into my insurance.
0: <laughs> yeah, who can give me the best deal for the best coverage? So the, the this is the coverage I need. Who can give me the best? But again, it, it gets people talking about it as we are right now. You know, I mean, we know this guy as the Mayhem guy. We don't know him as the guy who played Trevor in Hellraiser Part 6 until now.
1: That's true. And uh, they're getting... All the value of the free mentions that comes along with the Beauty and the Geese podcast. So uh, you're welcome, Allstate.
0: Yeah, and I guess get, Geico. You might, you <laughs> might impressive. get, you might get another four people <laughs> that, yeah. that that check out your company that wouldn't have normally that have never seen a mayhem commercial.
1: And you know what they don't talk about, like instantly in this movie, is uh, Trevor's
0: insurance claim.
1: On his automobile accident,
0: right? But I mean, he doesn't even really remember. I mean, so yeah, we'll we'll stop talking about mayhem for a <laughs> minute here. We have we have more mayhem to come, but yeah, they're uh, they're driving down the road, uh, Trevor and his wife, Kirsty, which is Kirsty from the first two Hellraiser movies. Which honestly, I didn't even recognize her as Kirsty at first. She's
1: back. I did right away. I was excited to see Kirsty back, not for long.
0: I mean, i I did I did see that she was back, you know, when we looked last week at at, at the cast of it and everything. But like just looking at her, she did she didn't look. I mean, obviously, she's uh, a few years older than she was back from Hellraiser part two when she was last part of the series. But I didn't recognize her at you know, and and I honestly didn't catch the name either until later on in the in, in the film as well. So I did not recognize her as that, but they're driving along. Uh, they seem to be um, doing a little bit of making out while driving, which is probably a pretty dangerous thing. And uh, it turns into causing in a car accident. He dukes the hazards off a bridge in yeah. the river.
1: Yep, and he does the old... Uh... Uh, he gets out pretty easily as the car is sinking into the river. Uh, goes to the surface, gets a breath of air, swims back down to save Kirsty. Can't do it. Like the door, her her passenger side door just won't open. She couldn't get her seatbelt And uh, He's he forced to watch her suffocate. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, he has to watch her drown in the river. So, Kirsty's back briefly, dies
1: in about three minutes.
0: Yep. Cut to the and, uh, next scene, he's in the hospital.
1: <laughs> yeah, he's waking up in a hospital, uh, like acting for Kirsty. It gets or asking for Kirsty. It gets weird right away. Like you can tell he's a little uh, I don't know, startled, as you might be. There's a doctor there named Allison who uh, drugs him. He passes out, wakes up again in like a different location. Now he's in like some filthy, I don't know, hostile like uh, underground experimental laboratory getting uh, his skull cap cut open. <laughs> <laughs> they're shoving shit into his brain. And the, they're, they're like amateur doctors, maybe real doctors, who knows. They're just like, yeah, we, we have to trigger the memories. And they just like shove a pin into his brain.
0: <laughs> yes, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're using a Dremel to remove the top part of his skull to get a, after the lobes of his brain that control pleasure and pain. Yeah. yeah. They're shoving pins in there, which I, w- when that scene happened, I mean, yeah, it was a little kind of, you know, I mean, I don't know if that's what an actual, like what the actual human brain would look like. If you saw just the top little window of the skull cut off like that, I'm assuming it's pretty close, but I, yeah, it
1: was, it was, it was really close based on my experience, opening people's skulls. <laughs> i thought <laughs> they did a good job there
0: i i i thought yeah my, my first thought when i saw that whole scene though too was that it was the guy who plays pinhead as the surgeon but i could be incorrect but that that was my thought on it i i was
1: wondering it's hard to tell they you know he had the mask on and they cut away pretty fast but it, yeah i was wondering too yeah, they, they shove a pin into his
0: brain. Which uh, triggers another memory.
1: Yeah, triggers more memories. Um, also, like, causes him to uh, go back to the hospital now. Wakes up back in the hospital with the uh, female doctor, Allison. Who is, uh, I don't know. They they seem kind of flirty in that initial scene. I I thought for sure, like, these two are going to have sex shortly. <laughs> <laughs> one of the few women he did not have sex with spoiler alert yep but they were uh yeah she was a little too friendly with him like and he was a little too flirty back for a guy who's like going through should or at least should be going through a lot of trauma but uh they, they were a little flirty then
0: <laughs> quickly interrupted by the detective he got cock blocked by a cop
1: Yep. cop shows up uh detective Lang, who will be a pretty regular character in the show, asking questions about Kirsty? they uh they never found her,
0: yep, doors he said he said, "I couldn't get the doors. doors were locked. She must have locked them." And he says, "Well, the doors when we pulled the car out of the river were unlocked. And he's like, i I, I don't know what happened."
1: Yeah, another uh, pretty common theme throughout this. Trevor has pretty bad amnesia.
0: He 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 knows that's the that's the weird part. I mean, it's not even really amnesia, it would be more repressed memories because he can't remember what happened during this uh traumatic event. But he remembers everything else. He knows who he is, he knows where he lives, he knows where he works, he knows all you know, all of these other people, but he has he can't remember what happened that day. So it's not even amnesia.
1: Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's bits and pieces stuff like that. So it's a already an interesting start. We're only a few minutes in, right? We've had Kirsty back, then uh, dead, then uh, Trevor's got amnesia. Doctor wants to have sex with him. He's having his brain cut open into, and uh, the cop is suspicious that he uh, actually killed his wife. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we're starting. About three, five minutes into this, <laughs> Trevor is uh, Trevor is a trooper, I guess. He uh doesn't let it bug him or get him down too much. He goes into work the next day. Uh, his co-workers kind of seem like pricks. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, Where you been, man? Like, yeah, I know your uh I know your wife's dead or whatever. No you brain issues, but
0: no, <laughs> know your wife's missing and you had a pretty you know, you had a pretty bad car accident. Your wife's missing and you can't remember half the shit. But why haven't you been here?
1: Yeah, these uh, these TPS reports aren't going to fill themselves out. Oh, and then his buddy, we found out his name later is Brett. His buddy Brett. Just a douchebag, right? He's like, "Hey, where you been?" "Oh, don't tell me. Like bone and chicks again, am I right? I'll keep my mouth shut."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, that that seems like a good uh, friendly natured coworker ribbing that he's getting there, though. It doesn't seem that bad.
1: I never got that at work <laughs> when I showed up late or was missing a few days. Hey, are we all getting laid, Pat. Uh, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if if by laid you mean with my head buried in a toilet Puking and my guts out, sure. But uh, yeah, the traditional definition, no.
1: And this, uh, I, I will also warn our listeners right now: there, uh, this film. While we both enjoyed it, I'm going to say is chock full of like flashbacks or alternate realities or uh, hallucinations. And a lot of them have this, but this one even more than most because <laughs> and I'll probably miss some. We'll probably get a few things out of order because like I know he uh, he's sitting at his desk. He finds a note that just says all problems solved. You know that that triggers a brief, uh, maybe flashback, maybe spurt of memory. He's in like a sweatshop or something, but it's pretty nasty.
0: He looks like he's in a Chinese wet market where COVID nineteen originated.
1: Yes, exactly. Yep,
0: <laughs> it's like in some old
1: warehouse. They got people making weird stuff. Little, uh, it's dirty, it's filthy, and then he just uh, he goes to the vending machine to like I don't know, get a snack, shake he's, it off, he's
0: buying some cookies. Yeah. Some famous Amos cookies.
1: Yeah, that's what he needs. A little sugar will uh, set his brain right when his uh, his boss Gwen shows up and just starts, uh, I guess, <laughs> raping him in the break room. <laughs> <laughs> she won't take no for an answer. Let me put it that way.
0: Workplace harassment right there. And that's, that's an HR violation.
1: Oh, yeah, for sure. Superior... She like he's he's clearly uh, confused and uh, doesn't want it, and she's not taking up no for an answer. Like spins him around, pushes him up against the vending machine, uh, probably shakes the cookies loose.
0: Yeah, because they did they did jam up in the machine. Yeah, he was trying he was trying to to shake him loose, and that's when she showed up. And I wouldn't say that I, I wouldn't necessarily say that he didn't want it, but this seemed like another one of the things that he was confused by as to why she was. Uh, coming on to him because he apparently didn't remember that uh, this must have been an ongoing thing.
1: Yeah, there's hints at that where he's, you know, he's got amnesia. He's just like, what? Gwen, what's, uh, what's, what's going on here? And she's like, oh, you know, don't act like this isn't how you like it. You know, stuff like that. Like, clearly hinting they've done this in the past. You know, eventually he gives in, starts, like, hiking up her skirt, but calls it off, calls off the dog, <laughs> says, <laughs> no, maybe we shouldn't do this. And then she just like nods up at the uh, the camera and just like, "Hey, we're watching you."
0: <laughs> You're being watched. Big Brother's watching you.
1: Yeah, it's a weird scene. Then he goes back to his desk, and there's like video of what just happened, like them making out against the vending machine with their ass out.
0: And and yeah, and it's playing over his speak his desktop speakers, and nobody even noticed. Nobody else notices, and it's just like a a. 10 second clip of what happened on a loop and and it plays like three or four times. And before he, again, is, uh, woken out of this trance slash recollection of memories by his phone ringing. Yeah.
1: The, uh, his coworkers, I assume figure everybody's watching porn at work. Trevor just forgot to turn the volume down,
0: you know? Yep.
1: Don't let it happen again. Trevor um
0: it's causing mayhem at work
1: uh i think then the detect the detective lang detective
0: lang is the one that's on the phone with that that interrupts his his memory
1: yeah like calls him down to the precinct or whatever trevor goes down there they're talking about the car again says you know there's nothing wrong with the car it's like it was uh intentionally driven off the road
0: well, yeah, he had to get away from Roscoe and Enos and try to jump the bridge that was supposedly out. Yes. So, <laughs> again, Duke's a hazard reference from the way the car was uh, jumped off of the bridge at the beginning. They make it look so easy. Trevor's got yeah. it
1: so easy, you know? It just goes nose down as soon as there's no road under your tires. And uh, the cop's suspicious, we'll put it that way. Also, again, there's a lot of weird visions. Everywhere Trevor goes, like he's walking through the police precinct, people are some people are just looking at him oddly. There's like a dude without a face. Um, every now and then there's torture going on in the police precinct, which uh, can Probably be does happen, yeah, can be normal, you know. It, that, that one you can discount, like, okay, they're just people are screaming, that's just what goes on here, I guess. So, like, what do you do when you're seeing this? uh you, you go home have more visions and you vomit up like a giant electric eel or a slug lamprey lamprey yeah i think it was a lamprey i had the lamprey face but, on
0: it. yes uh he yeah he leaves the police station there's a guy he has he has to take the bus home because i mean obviously you can't trust a guy in a car he already tried to duke the hazard one time uh so he he's uh Riding the bus and to the, him, and there's a guy just listening with a boombox, listening to metal music, and he asks the guy to turn it down, but instead he turns it up, uh, gets off the bus at his stop outside his apartment, uh, walks up to the, the building where there's a Doberman or uh Rottweiler, there's some sort of big dog that starts barking at him. He notices a guy without a face farther down the street. Uh, And kind of starts, like, walking towards it, and the guy turns and walks away and disappears. So he goes back in, goes up to his apartment. He's there, sees uh, the guy across, sees the guy without a face across the street, and, yeah, starts basically going into a flashback of him uh, drowning because he starts coughing up water, and then eventually, yeah, this giant lamprey, like, uh, slithers out of his throat.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a pretty good scene. I, I would, I would reckon they used a real lamprey in that scene. Cause it looked real to me. That
0: was probably, um, I don't know if that was, that might've been too big to be a lamprey, at least. I mean, once it hit the floor, it prop it might've been a real lamprey, but, uh, that was a pretty big lamprey if it was a real one.
1: Yeah. I think on the floor, it looked real. It, uh, I don't know. It had the mouse, mouth, mouth. It was squirming pretty good. And, PETA, PETA, and animal rights people, I doubt care much about lampreys. They're not going to take too much heat there.
0: <laughs> well, and as long as it's only on the floor for the the minimal amount of time that it, they showed it on screen, anyway, it had yeah. no risk of of really of dying anyway.
1: Yeah. So uh, after he after that giant lamprey vomits out of his mouth, uh, he gets a knock on the door. It's a neighbor gal in his apartment complex. She's here to show off her new her new tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> you find it, you, you or you get the hint pretty uh, pretty quickly. They're also boning.
0: She definitely wants to bone Trevor. Oh yeah, she wants to cause some mayhem with Trevor.
1: Yep, and again, he's uh, he's confused. You know, not quite sure what's going on here. And she's she's asking him, "Are you okay?" Not at all is what he says, which.
0: She, she showed itself. off the the brand new tattoo that is on the waistline that is on her waistline of her extremely low ridden low riding shorts, um uh, right on the front there, and right on her, you know, right on the bottom of her stomach. And if that's a brand new tattoo that she just got that would not look like that, then definitely would uh, be scabbed over and need to be more taken care of than. Uh, she apparently was was doing so that had to be there for probably a week or so before uh, that had to have been pre death tattoo to She's be a pretty up. good
1: uh healing factor wolverine like I, I guess yeah Deadpool. Yeah. but he uh he shuts her down too like just confused you know he's uh i not in the mood we'll put it that way
0: she she turns and flirtily walks away from him too, and yep. uh, it's just like, oh, well, you don't, you don't, you don't know, you don't want to hook up right now. Well, I'm gonna walk away and try and entice you.
1: But no, he's uh, he's worried about Kirsty, worried about his wife. He goes and he's reminiscing, grabs some old VHS cassette tapes,
0: <laughs>
1: pops that in the VCR, kids. You don't know what that
0: is? Uh, Google it. it. Was not quite. It was. It, it was a dying technology in 2002, but yeah. but the DVD cam. You know, DVDs were a thing, but DVD camcorders were not. So these were home movies that used to would have had a VHS, a VCR, VHS player to uh, to use. So
1: yeah, and the video is him. Like I don't know if it's a, her birthday or just he's getting her a present. It was their um, anniversary. Anniversary, okay. And he gets their uh, little box, which we all know what what's what's inside the box. <laughs> she opens it up. Uh, it's the puzzle box. She's uh, briefly kind of freaked out about it, but at that moment, there's a knock on the door. He gets interrupted, and
0: it's uh, it's his boss, Gwen. Yes, uh, there's when when but the, that scene plays out when he opens the door. There's nobody there. So he walks down the hall trying to figure it out and uh, walks back in. And then, yes, Gwen is his boss. Gwen is there and uh, she's uh, yeah, she's looking for more break room action. Yeah,
1: she she don't eat meat, but she sure likes the bone
0: is what she's there for. Good old dead eye dick reference. Yep. Go back to the 90s, kids. (laughs) <laughs> yeah Google that one too.
1: yeah, if, if you don't know VCR, you won't know that song, but uh, yeah, she's there to bone. She wants it again. Um, uh, he uh, he shuts her down again, but uh, the there's a video camera running, and the video camera's weird, right? like it it shows them still getting it on through the camera screen, even though she's not even there anymore.
0: Yeah, it's still yeah, it's still showing up on his TV. Like the camera has been now set up to be playing through the TV, and yeah, he's still sitting in the chair. She's uh, giving him a little bit of a. She's riding the baloney pony, as they say. Correct, and uh, he's standing there watching it, looking at between the chair and the TV, and then puts his hands, like, waves his hand in front of the camera lens, and his hand shows up there, but he's still in the chair as well. And, yeah, then uh, suddenly uh, she is uh, grabbed by the two centibytes and has a plastic bag thrown over her head and suffocated, and she's gone. Yep. Which causes uh, him to wake up again. Yeah, he
1: wakes up at his work. Uh, or at his desk at work. So, <laughs> it's, there's a lot of that. You never really know what's real in most of this movie. But uh, his uh, his nice buddy, co-worker, Brett, you know, sees how kind of distracted he is. Uh, gives him the the address of like uh, an acu- acupuncturist. And so just says, hey, you got to go see Sage. Sage will uh, help you work all your problems out, man.
0: So sage he does. Will, sage will poke you instead of you poking somebody else. Oh,
1: yeah. Let's turn the tables on Trevor for once.
0: <laughs> so yeah, he goes to see the acupuncturist, and uh, again, kind of has uh, another flashback while he's being <laughs> pricked with needles.
1: Yeah, and that's that's her goal. That's Sage's goal. Is like she makes him stare at a mirror or whatever, It'd be like, you gotta what, look into yourself for the answers, but yeah, he has a flashback of, uh, kind of, uh, he's with some creepy-looking dude, um, he's talking about how, like, he's sick of his wife, he's, uh, trying to get, like, purchase the puzzle box, um, while he's doing that, while he's having, like, this flashback or whatever, Pinhead kind of secretly appears in the acupuncture room, impales trevor like through the back of the neck with uh takes one of his head pins out impales trevor with it which is uh causes trevor to wake up he was he was dreaming or something
0: or something
1: or was he (laughs) we may never know or will we we may know
0: so now is he back is this where he's back home again
1: um, they have, uh, <sighs> around here, it might be, the, he goes back here home. Also around here is where like the cops talk to him again about, uh, they bring back uncle Frank briefly, just to mention the, the cops mention uh, they're changing this in this, uh, car accident to a homicide investigation. And I think it's Trevor's motive is that, uh, Kirstie was rich. Kirsty's father and uncle Frank were, were rich. Christie's like the sole beneficiary worth a bunch of money. Uh, Trevor just keeps insisting, I don't know what, what's going on here. I don't know what's going on. They don't buy that shit. But yeah, yeah. Then he, uh, I think after that, he goes
0: back home. And this is where he sees Brett at the police station. Yeah. And the weird guy who quickly folds a piece of paper into a puzzle box.
1: Yup. He's seen a lot
0: of shit. <laughs> Again, yes. Uh, Yeah, again, uh, he takes the bus from the police station back home. This time there's not a, uh, (laughs) there's, there's not a big snarling dog there barking at him. The dog is sitting there whining. Um, and this is actually, I think this is where he sees the, the faceless person down the street in the parking lot and then disappears. And, uh, He goes back upstairs and is looking for looking through the window to see if he sees that person again. And he sees a topless woman and kind of waves to her from across the street, Like he's like spying on her and. uh, Yeah, gets a knock, starts to put on the video again, gets a knock on the door and it is the neighbor girl this time.
1: Yep. Wants to bone again. Trevor's a player, man.
0: Hey, mayhem gets pussy, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't hate the player. Uh, hate the game. Hate the um, mayhem. Yep. Again, she's uh, pretty aggressive. Just kind of starts uh, taking her clothes off. But uh, this time he's he's pretty willing.
0: Yep. She decides that, uh, yeah, she wants to be, uh, she asks him to tie her up. That's one of her favorite things.
1: Yeah, and uh, he's he's going at it. Well, the two of them are going at it together. Uh, you get you get some boobs here from her a little bit. Brief, brief glances of boobs. And then uh, she turns into a Cenobite.
0: And Trevor wakes up <laughs> in bed. <laughs> yep, wakes up in his bed. Thinks it's all just a dream. Walks out into the kitchen, and there she is, tied up, murdered. Yeah,
1: yep, very obviously dead, tied up, uh, cut up um trevor like sees uh he, like he rushes to the bathroom to like do the old water on the face thing uh sees pinhead in the mirror
0: who again um, says all problems solved
1: yep freaks him the fuck out of course then he goes uh back out to the kitchen and uh, the neighbor's body is
0: gone her nothing, dead body yeah. is gone nothing there so he yeah he freaks out uh, walks down, you know, leaves his apartment, walks down the hall, knocks on her door to make sure that nothing has happened to her. She answers the door uh, and is kind of like creeped out that he would be knocking on her door, even though the last two times we've seen her on, on screen there, she's done nothing but flirt with Trevor.
1: Yeah, and uh, she looks, and she looks slightly annoyed. You find out why pretty quick. Uh, her her man shows up. <laughs> like, what are you doing here, buddy? What can I help you with?
0: Some some man shows up. You don't know that it's her man, but that's true. Yeah, some guy shows up. Yep, There's kind, so of a, kind of a kind of a I guess a a good old uh, small town bar standoff between Trevor and and dude uh, who is. A lot bigger than Trevor.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's not so subtly uh, displaying a little aggression to get, you know, Trevor get out of here, basically, that kind of thing.
0: Yep, and Trevor's like, oh, okay, well, I guess you're okay, so I'm going to go back to my apartment.
1: Yep, he goes back home, uh, gets a call from, hey, come on down to the police pre- precinct again. <laughs> this is a very... Not quite circular storyline, but uh, they hit the same themes and locations quite often.
0: Yes, definitely save some money on locations.
1: Yes, for <laughs> sure. So he does. I mean, Trevor, I know the cops are suspicious of Trevor, but he's a very cooperative witness. Like, he, they can always find him. He's not trying to flee. Every time they ask him to come to the police precinct, he does. Uh, this time they want to ask about uh, his relationship with his boss, Gwen. And uh, they think that's kind of suspicious. That may play a part in this whole, uh, you know, affair, cheating, a dead wife or missing wife kind of thing. Uh, also, his coworker Brett is there, and uh, which you know does not make does not make Trevor very feel very good.
0: Well, I think this is where um, yeah, it com- the part of the plot where uh, Brett and Trevor. We're plotting to kill Kirsty. <clears throat> oh, Which yeah, yeah. Doesn't immediately land them both I- in handcuffs for some reason.
1: No, but yeah. It, uh, yeah, they go to, uh, I think that next they're, they're at work. Brad is talking about it. he's quitting the job. He's He makes a few hints about Kirsty's inheritance. Uh, it, Trevor has more flashbacks about the puzzle box.
0: more acupuncture flashbacks
1: (laughs) yeah yes yes yeah yeah, he i think he goes i think he goes to the acupuncturist right this time she wants to get it on with him (laughs) she climbs she climbs right on top of him they're about to get it on uh then she like grabs an ice pick stabs him with it um trevor wakes up in an ambulance (laughs) an emt guy is just like uh Hey man, we, we just found you. You know, you're collapsed on the bus, so they take him to the hospital. You know, he's not sure what's going on. I admit, I'm not sure what's going on. What's real? What's not real? They take him to the hospital. Uh, he asks for uh, the doctor Allison again. No one knows knows who the hell that is. So he's freaking out. Like he, uh, so he takes off, starts running down the hallway. Actually, bumps into Allison. Has a brief conversation with her. Until the janitor is like, hey, buddy, who the hell are you talking to? And then there's nobody there. So he's <laughs> he's losing his damn mind.
0: Oh, uh, yeah. I, 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 this is part of, this is where it all kind of runs together for me. <laughs> because there's so
1: many flashbacks. And like we mentioned, so many recurring locations and themes. Yeah, it's hard to keep track of. Um I think he does have more uh, like uh, memories coming out or flashbacks of the past of his his wife like kind of finding out that Trevor's been cheating on her. Um, he uh, he's trying to put the pieces together himself. So I believe he goes to the warehouse where he originally bought the puzzle box and uh, again, sees some like uh, uh, it's it's a reflection of Pinhead, not real Pinhead, but he's like reflected in a pool of standing water and uh, pinhead's talking to him like soon you will, you know, you'll get all the answers. You, you will know everything, something like that. Uh, Trevor stumbles out of there where he bumps into Brett, his old coworker, Brett, who's now pissed, pulls a gun on him. <laughs> and Brett, uh, Brett lays it all out here now. Like, okay, eventually here was the plan. The plan was to kill Kirsty, split the inheritance money. Brett's pissed at Trevor now, who thinks Trevor's trying to, to pull one over on old Brett. He's pulling this uh, old amnesia act. Like, we were supposed to split the money, man. Now you're like, oh, I don't remember anything. I'm gonna you're gonna keep it all for yourself. So uh It's an odd turn of events, but uh, Brett's so upset, he's he's like, I'd rather spend my time in hell than in prison and shoots himself in the head.
0: Yeah, I think this is kind of where, yeah, it gets to the kind of the end little loop here that we have with this to where it comes back to they're back in the car. And, uh, well, it's... Kirsty opens... The puzzle box. At, because uh, she knows what the puzzle box is, and uh, Trevor has given her the puzzle box for their anniversary present. She opens it. Uh, she is transported to hell, where Pinhead and the other Cenobites are waiting. And she said, "You know," and he says, "Oh, you. You know, you open the box. You can't escape us." And she makes the deal with Pinhead of she will trade five souls for hers and pinhead says, well, if you can bring me five souls, then, uh, we, we will, we can accept that deal. Yeah. And and
1: he also mentions that, uh, uh, she was the, the target initially and Trevor was just, you know, the bait, but
0: yeah, Trevor was the tool used to get the, to get her to to get the puzzle box back into Kirsty's hands.
1: Yeah, cuz you know it's been stewing a pinhead that she escaped all those years ago, but uh
0: Kirsty as she did last time,
1: you know, makes a better deal. Five <laughs> souls and uh
0: she's the godfather, forget
1: uh Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And of course, uh you know, all Trevor's lovers and his uh co-conspirator you know murderer friend brett those are uh, those are the four souls they are all they're all actually dead and then we find out uh, trevor himself is the fifth
0: which again this part doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me because like they are they you know they're they're you kind of get the flashback now that he re- understands that he's the fifth there um she well, I guess it, it didn't make a whole lot of sense to me because in their, they're in their car driving, they're arguing about him cheating on her, or whatever. She pulls out the gun and shoots him in the head. They go off the, the you know the the bridge there. The Duke a hazard into the river. She escapes and gets out, and then she tells the police you know that oh well he just you know. He just pulled out a gun. You confessed to cheating on me. He pulled out a gun and shot himself, and we went off the bridge. And it's like, well, but they pulled him out of the river, and there was no uh, gunshot wound. Nothing. Yeah, it's a bit of a... Uh... And and how did she get the gun into his hand after... You know, I mean, like, it's just like... The whole thing doesn't make sense, and how does... Uh, again, how do they? Just the, the the chances of them Dukes of Hazarding into the river after that, when you know where where the everything took place, is just extremely extremely unlikely. Oh yeah, every everything. I mean, it's <laughs> that that she would that that she would not escape. You know that she would be able to escape from that car accident after he supposedly shot himself unharmed also is is extremely unlikely
1: yeah they're going for the big twist ending here um despite the fact that a lot of it doesn't make sense
0: <laughs> cuz you know her I mean her fingerprints would be on the gun
1: or even just like any good cop i don't know <laughs> yes. any good cop is going to be suspicious of her immediately that she she's just like oh yeah he pulled a gun out and shot himself and the cops was like oh, okay well that settles that.
0: <laughs> Where did he pull the gun from? My purse. I mean, my my purse. I mean, no, his jacket. <laughs> He's not wearing a jacket. Well, his 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 pants. He was driving. The center console. Oh, okay. <laughs> Why are your fingerprints on the? I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, she just gets to walk away scot free after getting five people killed.
1: Yep, they just and they oh that's the other part of it is they just say, um, you know all these uh, you know all his uh, his women that he's been boning and his coworker they were all shot, uh so if this gun matches, uh, he's he's obviously our killer,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so that settles all that.
0: Yep, Gwen, Tawny,
1: nice little package, buddy Brett, Brett. Sage. Yep. Yep and it's uh, the cop just believes him.
0: So yep, mayhem was causing mayhem or is I guess being suspected of causing mayhem.
1: Yep, Allison Allison who is now like a uh, part of body ID or forensics or whatever, she talks to his dead body. And the the her her uh, lang I think is just like why do you talk to these people and she's like what if there's no, you know, afterlife? Wouldn't wouldn't you want to be talked to? So I Somebody, guess that's supposed to explain why why he was uh, seeking her out this whole time.
0: Someone's got to talk to them like they're a human. Yeah. 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 His, yeah, her voice was the last one that was ap- apparently heard by him. And then uh, this is, again, how bad
1: Detective Lang is at his job. Kirsty's walking away, and Lang's all of a sudden like, Hey, wait, hang on a second. I found this box. And <laughs> she's like, Oh, that was uh, my anniversary present. And he's like, Well... I was going to keep it for evidence, but uh, I want you to have it. (laughs) We don't need any more evidence now that we've uh, clearly found who our killer is. You said
0: said he pulled out a gun and shot himself. And if this gun matches all the other people that were killed, you know, we won't suspect anything else. We'll just chalk it up.
1: Yep. And they uh, roll credits. Final thoughts on uh, Hellseeker, Hellraiser Part Six.
0: Um, I mean, overall, like, I enjoyed this movie, but I was a little frustrated with all of with with the loops in it, where Same. you never, you know, like you would never knew what was actually. I mean, and it turns out that none of it was actually real, other than the first, you know, two minutes of the movie. Yeah, but um, I mean, just the the whole thing of, of you know not not knowing what was going on, and everything seemed to just be slightly different on the repetition. You know, I mean, like oh, he's in the hospital, he's getting brain surgery performed, he's in the hospital again, he's home, he's at the police station, he's home again, he's at work, you know, I mean, honestly, like, that would be, I guess, mostly considered, you know, if there is an actual hell, I could certainly see it being uh, very much like that. Yeah. Be- <laughs> because all you do is you know work pretty much all it is is work and <laughs> being at the police <laughs> station and then being home alone stuck with your own memories of the people that you love that are no longer around and you know then having flashbacks and fl- having flashes of killing people yeah,
1: yeah. i thought i, I kind of thought that's the angle they were going for at the beginning but in a different way i thought like I thought they were going to reveal that he had, like, just caused, I don't know, Kirsty to kill herself or something because of the cheating. I thought that's the angle they were going to reveal at the end. So, I actually like this one better. I, I, I'm i glad they didn't just bump her off immediately. <laughs> and they brought her back at the end for the, uh, you know, she's the mastermind in this whole thing.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly, I thought it was going to be more of, like... His, his guilt led to, you know, led to everything else, but.
1: Yeah, something like that.
0: Nope, he was just causing mayhem.
1: Yeah, nonstop. He was boning everybody in sight, dude. uh, I mean, Trevor's good with the ladies, whatever you want to say. (laughs) He had uh, his neighbor, his boss. The acupuncturist. They loved him. Any uh I don't know. These are always hard to do favorite deaths. Cause they they this one they, they don't show any really. Yeah. They don't didn't really show anyone. It, it was it was a different different kind of movie. And I like that. You know, I don't I like that it's they try to go a different angle. Like you said, it's just hard to to repetitively repetitively not know what what the hell is real and what is not real. Just
0: all movie long. Yeah. Yeah. It made the whole thing kind of blend together. <clears throat> and we mentioned
1: this uh, before. It was not not super well-received. Um, I do like it. I think we both like it more than it was received. It did get a 4.9 on IMDb, but that's uh, pretty low for this series. I think perhaps the lowest one we've done yet, which I would disagree with.
0: Yeah, the Rotten Tomatoes score, the audience score is 33%, which is again pretty pretty low. Uh, the critics score for it, which again surprisingly, that critics uh, give it a. The critics score was zero on it. But I mean, I'm looking at this and like, guys got a two and a half out of five. Guys three out of ten. C plus two out of five. One and a half out of five. Four out of ten. Two out of five. So, I I think I I guess I don't know how this how Rotten Tomatoes uh, calculates their critic score, but I mean we can just pretty much take their score for any. I mean I will take any movie critic score and just trash it anyway. Yeah, I don't same. I don't go by what movie critics say because again they're looking for things that are not um they're looking for i guess everything needs to be a piece of art and you can't just sit down and watch a movie that's about you know a comedy movie that's about dick and fart jokes even though they're funny they're not that original or they're not groundbreaking Or, you know, whatever. So they rate them poorly. Oh, I'm too highbrow for dick and fart jokes. No, nobody's too highbrow for dick and fart jokes. You laughed at those dick and fart jokes, but it doesn't look good in your publication that you're talking about how you laugh very hard at dick and fart jokes.
1: Movie critics have bad taste in movies, I'll say it.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. They they are way too much up their own asses about How how their their review is gonna be the most important review of this film ever. No, it's not.
1: Yeah, like this was better than I don't even know what wins because they're bad movies, so I don't watch them, but uh I don't know what the last award winning movie what was the one of the Russell Crowe where he's like a mathematician.
0: Beautiful Mind?
1: Yeah, this is better than Beautiful Mind. (laughs) Hellraiser Hellseeker is better than Beautiful Mind.
0: Okay, well, th- this this alone right here will prove to to everyone else that that movie critics don't know anything about movies, right? So, uh, my personal favorite movie of all time is *Mallrats*. The critic score on Rotten Tomatoes is fifty-seven percent on forty-seven <laughs> reviews. The yes, audience yeah. score is eighty-two percent on one hundred thousand plus reviews. Yeah. So try to tell me that movie critics know what the hell they're talking about. I'm with you, man. So thank you to Kevin Smith for creating Mallrats and uh having it pretty having it released while I was a teenager. I mean I've I've seen Mallrats probably a hundred and fifty times. Like it's uh-huh. It's the movie that I throw on, like when I'm just not, uh, you know, not feeling like, you know, when I'm not having a good day. It is, it is the movie that I put that I put on, and and I, I probably, like I said, I've probably seen it over a hundred and fifty times. Holy shit! I don't think I've watched anything that much. Shit! I used to back in high school. I used to rent that every Friday night. I would watch it like twice In a weekend
1: Well, I'm looking ahead now To uh, Hellraiser Part 7 Hellraiser Debtor
0: I think Is it Debtor or is it Hellworld that's next
1: Oh, I googled And Google said Debtor But I don't know if that's actually accurate
0: there, there, well, there's two. There's bo- both of them came out in 2005. So I, I will double check to it. Could be debtor, could be the next one. And Google Hell says World.
1: debtor is part seven.
0: Okay, that that definitely uh, seems I, I, like I said. I mean, they both came out in 2005. So yeah, Wikipedia also lists debtor as part seven. And then part eight is Hell World. So, <laughs> taking a look
1: on here, uh, director Rick Boda is back. He directed this one, which uh, I I'll be cautiously optimistic. I liked this one enough to to want to see more from my buddy Rick.
0: So yeah. I'm looking on Wikipedia at the release dates of this and Hellraiser Debtor came out June 7th of 2005 and Hellraiser Hellworld, which is part 8, came out September 6th, 2005. So, like, three months apart.
1: That's that's pretty impressive, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. We got enough confidence in you, we're going to release two Hellraiser sequels three months apart.
0: So, all right. Here's uh, here's the, the the description from Wikipedia. Reporter Amy Klein, who is played by Carrie Woo, who was, I believe, the next Karate Kid, something like that, uh, is sent to Bucharest to investigate an underground suicide cult founded by a descendant of Philip Le Marchand, who was uh, from Bloodlines who claims to be able to bring back the dead and who believes that it is his birthright to open the puzzle box and control the Cenobites. She is gradually drawn into their world and eventually sees no way out other than to join them. In the end, she opens the puzzle box, summoning up Pinhead and the Cenobites, who kill everyone for attempting to invade their world to prevent Pinhead from taking her soul. Uh, Well, we won't spoil the end of it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> good we'll have a little mystery um there's not i won't have any mystery to it now but you know oh man i i finished reading the sentence in my mind but i didn't read it out loud
1: well i appreciate it i like the surprise there's uh nobody nobody's back except for pinhead uh Kirsty did not make it to debtor
0: well she's she's free of the of the cenobites now because she made the deal to give them the five souls instead of hers yeah so she's she's not being searched for by the cenobites again so
1: this one's got a 4.4 on imdb slightly worse than the one we just watched but you know as we've discussed it's kind of meaningless
0: Rotten Tomatoes, uh, again, critics critics score on Rotten Tomatoes is 13%. Audience score is 26%. So, not not fantastic. Let's see here. I'm trying to look and see, but she was not the next Karate Kid. I don't remember. I don't know where I got that from.
1: I was just curious if there was ever a video game of this. And uh, it looks like there's not. But there are a bunch of things uh, saying there there was an NES game, original NES game, like in the works that never got released. And there's uh, apparently a bunch of YouTube videos and stuff about it.
0: That seems like that would be a pretty hard movie to make. Or video game to make.
1: I don't know what they'd have you do. It's really more of a. Uh, it's not a lot of action. It's more of a psychological thriller, and all these.
0: Yeah, yeah, it would definitely have to be. You'd almost have to be, like the detective working to, solve the 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 the, murder. You know the the murder of somebody, but you know.
1: Although this was. Uh... This is back in the area era where movie-based video games were garbage. So they'd you'd probably just be like a side-scrolling platformer where you're pinhead and like you shoot pins out, like uh, <laughs> Ninja Gaiden or something, Shinobi. <laughs> like you just throw them at bats or whatever that fly at you.
0: You have to try and fight your way out of hell.
1: Yeah, they're just they're just slapping the name on something and selling it. That's probably what would have happened.
0: Hilary Swank was the next karate kid. That's what I was thinking of for it. So Carrie Werher,
1: I recognize the name, but I couldn't Yeah, tell you what I remember it from.
0: Yeah, exactly. Then and that, that for some reason I thought she was the next Karate Kid, but no, she played in in other stuff. So I was I was I was incorrect when I said the next karate kid. That was Hillary Swank, but Carrie were is definitely been in some some stuff. Ah, uh, she was in
1: um Anaconda, Eight Legged Freaks. Yep. Fantastic.
0: Thinner. The movie based on a Stephen King book. Um, she was she was a guest star on Married with Children. Um uh, I think that's probably where I remember the name from. Other than yeah, Anaconda. Um, trying to look at else, what else is there? But apparently, she hasn't done anything since uh, twenty eighteen. So, oh, she was in. She was also in Sharknado two. Oh, of course. So yeah, I don't know. I guess that's uh, that's all I got for for this Hellraiser setup here. So,
1: yep, same here.
0: What's what's you got going on as far as the real life goes?
1: Fun Thanksgiving weekend. I don't know. That went well. Just pigged out. Did it well, up. Did it up America style. Lots
0: of eating. Lots of driving.
1: Yep, lots of driving. Mashed potatoes, turkey, whatnot. It was, it was a good time. Got to chill with the family.
0: No, no comedy shows coming up.
1: Um, well, let's see. I'm in one. When does this come out? I'm in one. I think a week from tonight. Kind of. I'm uh, just hosting at Dublin's in Duluth. On the 10th Yeah, we kind of rotate Who gets to host So uh, my turn will be the host on the 10th I haven't been planning any of my own I'm just a little uh, Skittish about the weather Yeah Just takes so much planning And a decent amount of money to put one of these shows on That just a heavy snowfall Means nobody shows up And then that would be a bummer So I don't Uh, know if I'm just gonna Overcome that hurdle or wait
0: Few months and and you know who knows if you can even get to that show with the heavy snow and everything and having to you know you not being able to get somewhere as the as the talent would be a whole you know is a whole lot different too
1: right <laughs> for sure so i uh i've got some opportunity i might just hold off we'll see i uh i've been kind of jumping on other people's shows Coming up, I got one. uh, I got a new. I'm on a New Year's Eve show in Gilbert, Minnesota. It's going to be a pretty wacky event. There's a burlesque show. There is a (laughs) uh, some comedians, and there is also a, uh, from what I'm told, a comedic accordion player.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, not Weird Al. No, Gilbert, Minnesota is probably a little bit small for Weird Al to play these days.
1: Yeah, but. Half half the fun of that one. I'm doing that one just 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 for the experience. Just to say, I performed with a burlesque show on an accordion player.
0: Yeah, uh, I don't even know where Gilbert, Minnesota, is, so I <laughs> couldn't. It's pretty it. It's
1: like uh, maybe an hour north of Duluth.
0: Okay. All right. It's gonna be so. It's gonna be a little cold for those burlesque dancers.
1: Yeah. Yep, be cutting glass for sure. How about you? You got anything going on?
0: I really really don't. Um, No, uh, I mean, just a lot of playing video games here. I guess I do have, but the event that I'm going to, and I'm not even really, I'm just going to it. It's not even anything I'm performing at or anything like that because, I mean, I don't do much for performance other than this podcast so uh it is actually a lot of times i don't know if they're gonna have burlesque dancers there this time but (laughs) uh (laughs) uh twice a year one of the local wrestling promotions puts on their wrestlepalooza event uh at first avenue so i am going to first avenue they usually have wrestling and then a band and burlesque dancers there so all right that's always that's always fun um i did get to see the great metalliger play there <laughs> for, for that for one of those events um i mean like they've had what was it they, they've had metalliger they've had uh was it dillinger escape plan um prof has been there the 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 rapper prof uh so i mean like they've had some fairly big local names as far as uh i mean metallica isn't really that big but uh but some big some pretty big local music acts and then the local wrestling guys and they've brought in like big name wrestling guys for for these events too at times so it's always a fantastically fun time. I'm 95% sure that Wrestlepalooza on January 13th is sold out. Um, so that's going to be a nice way to start off to, to kick off the birthday weekend is for Wrestlepalooza.
1: Hell yeah, man. We can uh, <laughs> we can each review our burlesque show that we watched. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, tip it, one of the uh, burlesque dancers that is at WrestlePalooza is like world n- renowned for her burlesque performances so oh,
1: you might have the better lineup i don't know i don't know what uh, what level of burlesque goes to gilbert but i'm about <laughs> to find out
0: yeah for sure
1: i guess i'm also performing at gilbert so <laughs> we we're,
0: we're, we're on the
1: same plane of of talent level
0: not just a not different fields. Yeah, yeah, not not much for for burlesque dancing, but they probably aren't very good at comedy either. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, I don't know what else you really got. I mean, I don't have anything. Geez, I, I I'm trying to think of what else is even relevant to anything lately i mean i haven't done anything i haven't gone anywhere I, I got nothing going on it's pretty much hibernating and uh video game winter
1: yeah the uh i don't know that's it for me the, oh the vikings won so that uh
0: that ruins my shot at, at their prediction yeah you had them at eight and nine yep yeah, I had them at eleven and six. So mine is actually even getting close. They had to lose a lot for, for my prediction to to come through. So,
1: yeah, who'd have thought? Now was this is not the year to underestimate the Vikings, or even uh, think they would do well. Like they're, I would yeah. say they're crushing just about everyone's expectation.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought I was being pretty. Uh pretty reasonable at 11 and six, you know, as far as they're going to be decently good, but not great. And yeah, they're, they're nine and two right now. And granted, both of their losses have been pretty lopsided and none of their wins have been very lopsided, but that doesn't make a difference. It's all about how how many games you win and how many games you lose.
1: Yeah. I saw, I saw some weird stat, like they're the only nine and two team with like a negative point differential or something in the history of the NFL. Yes. Which is pretty incredible.
0: Well, I mean, yes. When you had a point differential of minus 37 for one of your games, that's that's pretty tough to overcome. I mean, how many, I, I mean, I'm not even looking, I'm sure I could look right now, but I mean, I'm I'm wondering how many teams there are in the NFL right now that have just a overall for the season negative thirty-seven point differential. <laughs>
1: right. And, they and read, well, and every win was like a single score win, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. I mean, there's, I guess, there's one, two, three, four. So, there's there's eight teams right now that have a negative more more than a negative thirty seven point point differential. <laughs> and out of those teams, the most wins that anybody has on there looks like four
1: <laughs> yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean. I would say don't change anything because it's working, whatever they're doing, but uh, it's just weird that then you get just lit up twice.
0: Yeah. I mean, but they, I mean, they did, I mean, the Eagles are 10 and one and the Cowboys are eight and three. So, I mean, it's not like they got beat, you know, I mean, it's not like they got beat by bad teams and, you know, but they did not play great games and, and, you know, they, they they lost. I mean, it's just, that's just the way, that's just the way things happen. I mean,
1: yep. Can't win them all.
0: Oh, I did see uh, that Magic the Gathering has ended their sale of their uh, 30th anniversary cards now, too, which is pretty i mean (laughs) there there's been a lot of uh, uh trashiness going on with this because i mean nobody is really happy with what they're um with what they did with the 30th anniversary there's been a lot of backlash and i guess that uh wizards of the coast hasbro whoever is basic making that kind of decision they went to people and uh Rudy from Alpha Investments did a video about it where he's talking about how they are going to uh, content creators outside of the magic, the normal magic universe to try and get people to promote these cards. And uh, they are getting absolutely torn to shreds for making videos promoting these cards.
1: (laughs) Interesting. I haven't heard of that, but I can see why, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, I can, I can send it. Yeah, I can. Like, who are I, they
1: getting? Like, Mr. Beast or
0: Jenna no, Marbles? <laughs> no, it's one of the guys that uh, it, it's a guy that does stuff from uh, for like Yu Gi Oh and stuff like that. Um, oh, well, I guess he's just put up a video an hour ago that talks about how thirtieth is back in stock. Uh, let's see here. Oh man. Let me see his channel here because I can sh- send you. He, yeah, he came out with what I watched over the weekend about, about that. So, yeah, Magic offers thousands of dollars to Leon Hart to push Magic 30th. Um, and then there's another one there's another one that's Hasbro causes apology video after bait and switch, which is talking about the 30th anniversary stuff. Um, I mean, I,
1: I'm curious what they were thinking. Like, I don't know who the target market is for this. I would never buy it. So they must, you know, they're not just doing this blindly. They must've done research. They've got smart people who, Who is this directed towards? Just whales who have a ton of money to blow? I don't, honestly, I mean,
0: I don't think they, and and this is part of my thought behind it, is that I don't think it was actually the people at Wizards of the Coast that were doing, that were pushing for this. I think it was Hasbro.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, it seems so out there and such a boneheaded move.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, to, to, and there may be some segments of our audience that have no idea what we're talking about, but uh, Hasbro, who owns Wizards of the Coast, decided to release a reprint set of proxies for the original Alpha Beta. sets of magic for the 30th anniversary of of the game being created. And uh, they decided that they were going to do it in probably the most uh, money-hungry and idiotic ways possible. So for $1,000, you get four booster packs of these reprint cards, which are not tournament legal, some of them have the the new borders printed on it but you can get a pro you know proxy power nine cards you can get proxy dual lands there is stuff that has never been uh in in these sets that have has never been printed again
1: yeah it's it's like i don't know the equivalent would be like if i mean there are knockoffs there's like knockoff clothing and you know knockoff watches but it's like if a company said we're gonna make knockoffs of our own product and sell them for a really expensive amount of money. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me.
0: <laughs> yeah. Like, like if Ferrari decided to manufacture cars that were not able to actually have engines put in them and run and sell them for more than what they were selling the, the, the actual Ferraris for.
1: Yeah. It's a, yeah, it's almost like that. Like you can, you can get a, uh, a, just to impress your friends, you can get a Ferrari that doesn't run and will park it in your driveway for like a hundred thousand dollars.
0: So yes. And, you know, and you're not even guaranteed to get anything good. You know, you're not guaranteed to get any, you get four random packs. So I mean, you could open up absolute garbage in these four packs, which apparently everything that I have seen of people that have pre, you know pre-ordered or were given the stuff for attending the 30th anniversary celebration for Magic in Las Vegas uh, has been garbage.
1: Yeah, and, I think it, I mean I think it's for the whales. I think it's for like when I go on MTG Mar- Ar- Arena you know i play for free they probably hate customers like me but there are people who have you know uh, what special art or like borderless for yeah. for every card in their entire deck and i'm sure that's just a, a rich dude who loves magic with nothing else to spend money on and i guess maybe that's who's buying these products
0: so yeah it, it, it's it was a bad um not only it, it was a It looks bad to your average player base, you know, average person in in your player base that you're making tournament legal cards that are not, you know, I mean, they they can't be used anywhere. They are all for show. I mean, I I can go print something out on my printer and, you know, glue stick, use a glue stick and apply it to a basic land and it would be the same thing as what they are producing in these 30th anniversary cards, except the back would actually look like it actually matches everything else.
1: <clears throat> yeah, for a thousand dollars for for three packs.
0: <laughs> four four packs. Four packs. 60, Sixty cards. Gets you. So I mean well. So you're you're paying you're paying almost $17 per card. But you're only getting you could you can get you could get two rares per pack. So I mean I get other than that, I mean you're getting commons and uh, you know commons and uncommons. So it, it just is not it was not a well researched move by Wizards of the Coast. I mean, if they had done it for like twenty dollars a pack, that's a completely different story. But at two hundred and fifty dollars a pack, it's it's absolutely ridiculous.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it makes no sense to me. But I I barely buy a normal pack just because I think that's uh, it's too too much gambling. So you know I'm not going to buy this. But
0: yeah, like if it was twenty dollars a pack, I I can guarantee that I would buy a pack or two just just for shits and giggles. Yeah. But it had $250 a pack. No, that's out of my price range. But, uh, yeah, apparently they're paying people outside of the Magic Universe to promote it, and it's causing, again, lots of backlash towards those creators, even though they have no idea what's going on, you know, what, what the I guess, what even the backlash is about. They're getting paid to promote this product, and, and you know, I mean, it would be like being mad at dikembe Matumbo for advertising for uh, Geico or Progressive or whatever company he did the commercial for. <sighs> so that that's probably the biggest thing. But uh, yeah, other than that, yeah, I really don't have anything else going on.
1: Yeah, that's a bit of a sidetrack, but that was a good discussion. That's <laughs> it for uh, talking tapping magic i don't know whatever flopping
0: (laughs) cardboard on the table yeah i guess yeah we will be at this point there's nothing else to really cover we will be back next week talking about hellraiser debtor so this is scott the beauty signing off for the beauty and the geese podcast where we watch movies so you don't have to bye folks